Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Worth It podcast. Our leadership gurus, Ryan Dyer and Andy Dorsey, will talk about their tips for maximizing leadership potential, faith, and family, all while raising awareness and funds for children with hearing impairments. Hi, my name is Andy Dorsey, along with Ryan Dyer, and we want to wish you um, a happy new year in 2022. And uh, as we kick off another year of the Worth It podcast, and we are on, well on our way to our $10,000 goal to help raise awareness for children with hearing impaired. We're right at about $3,500. And uh, one idea that, that we came up with was to, uh, you know, to try to put together a golf tournament this summer at Creekside Golf and Country Club in Hiram, Georgia. Um, so there's going to be more information to come on that. That'll be this summer either June or July. So any golfers out there listening and, and want to be a part of that and, and donate some worthwhile money uh, to this cause, um, just you know, be on the lookout for that because we're really excited about that and we're in the planning stages right now. Yeah, thanks, Andy. We're, we're pumped about that. Uh, Rex is a good friend of ours at Creekside and it's going to take care of us and we're excited to raise some funds and have some good fellowship uh, over the summer and we'll have more details coming out. Uh, about that today we have an awesome guest who we uh, pulled some strings to get and that's james albright uh, james is a, a big time ackworth citizen uh, comes to us he's been a director of parks recreation uh, from 2005 to 2021 and is recently the city manager of ackworth named i know ackworth has recently won some big awards and uh, james is one of those guys that you just feel um, connected to and that he does a great job for for Ackworth in our community. And we're very blessed that he is with us in person today. So we're, we're fired up about our show and we're glad that uh, you're with us today, brother. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And we're, we're going to dive right in with our, our first topic kind of talk about James, you know, I gave a very brief uh, introduction and it's always, you know, if it, the people in Ackworth, they always think of you um, when they're, when they're in the city and all the things that are great are going on. Tell us a little bit about your background and anything you want to share about your family. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Ackworth, uh, as hometown as it gets. Uh, went to elementary, middle, high school, graduated from North Cobb High School, um, participated in sports all my life. Um, my parents played a huge role in my life. Uh, they were always kind of those community leaders that, uh, you know, my dad would get to the ballpark early to line and drag the fields or cut the football fields, or my mom was the booster club president. So they always set an example for me early in life of what it's like to, to actually serve uh, community that you live in, but just blessed to be able to to graduate North Cobb, uh, went to Kennesaw State University, got my bachelor's and master's degree there, um, but then just, uh, you know, thought I was headed down the route of being an educator, I intended to go into uh, teaching history, I wanted to be a high school wrestling coach, and uh, I, funny story, I always tell people my career goes from uh, bartending school to um, city manager, I took all my money that I got from graduation because right you don't always send out the graduation invites for people to show up you got you know try to get the checks in the mail took all the money that I generated from that and went to a two-week bartending school and that was how I was going to get through uh college love it and uh halfway through that first semester it was an old football coach of mine when I was 11 years old that reached out to me that was the parks and recreation director at that time and it heard I wanted to work with children and again, my aspirations were to work with older children, not younger. Um, he ran some math for me, and it was 40 hours a week, eight weeks during the summer. I could start school on time, and 
uh, put some money in my pocket as I was waiting for that first bartending gig. And uh, I remember specifically the bartending instructor telling us he would have a job placement program and he would place us. Uh, but if we ever failed to come through on our commitment, he would never call us back again. Uh, fast forward a few weeks into that summer. Uh, so actually the first week I went to uh, I was summer camp counselor by day, bartending school at night. Finished that up a few weeks later. Uh, there was a, a tragic event that had happened at, at camp. And that weekend we had spent some time together calling uh, uh, the summer camp uh, families and uh, letting them know what was going on with the camp. And we went over to one of the counselor's house on a Saturday night. We were just kind of hanging out. We'd been working all day. Uh, had to grow up a lot that weekend. And I realized before, you know, smartphones and all that good stuff, realized that I was supposed to have been at the World Congress Center that particular evening for my first bartending gig and called the, called the gentleman, explained everything via voicemail, never got a call back. Um, just got a, a really good opportunity to yeah. work in maintenance. Uh, through the Parks and Recreation Department. They asked me to stay on during college, and I just received a series of opportunities that just uh, blessed me. So. And you said your son has, has got baseball tonight, I think you said before the show. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your family. All right, so uh, married to my wife of uh, 17 years, almost 18. Uh, she was my high school sweetheart. We both went to North Cobb High School, so we have um, one son, uh, Grant, who is 12, He's in the seventh grade, and my daughter, uh, Ashton, who is 14, who attends Alatuna High School in the community, and she has her first high school JV uh, soccer game this evening. Soccer, that's what it was. But uh, my wife's an educator um, in the community. She teaches second grade at Kennesaw Elementary. So I know, <clears throat> reading your background a little bit and your bio, um, you know, going to North Cobb High School, um, it said you were in the Hall of Fame, so congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, what, what sport did you get inducted in? Uh, it was under the uh, auspices of wrestling, so I was the captain of the wrestling team um, my senior year there. Uh, but also a lot of it was community involvement. I've coached all of my adult life from the time I was 18. I've coached football, baseball, wrestling, basketball, um, special needs athletics, you name it. I've, coaching is in my blood. So. Well, one thing you mentioned, which is, you know, so key to a lot of the people listening today is, you know, when you talk about coaches, you talk about leaders, um, a lot of that comes with sweat equity. So I think, you know, some of your core beliefs, you go back to your, your very first days of, you know, working in maintenance. And, you know, you and I shared a story earlier how we had worked at Creekside Golf and Country Club out in the maintenance department. And, and I had that same philosophy. I didn't want to be in the clubhouse um, up there. I wanted to be out there on the grass and and with nature. So, you know, just tell us a little bit about your core beliefs and, you know, and your leadership philosophy. Well, I think one thing, and you can relate to this, when you've worked up and you've done everything in an organization from the base level of cleaning bathrooms to cutting grass and, and doing all that, it gives you a unique ability as a leader. And I think sometimes the greatest leaders are those ones that can relate to every level of the organization. And I'm not sure that everybody has that gift or the talent or to be able to even work towards that. But I, the people that I admire most are those ones that can relate to the janitor, to the mid-level manager, to the people that they work for, and to be able to make those connections at, at all levels. I think that's something that working up through an organization and doing all the different tasks um, lends itself, and I think that creates a lot of connections as a leader. Yeah, that's great. We had a, um, a guest on here uh, a few months ago, uh, Lee Cockrell, who was the 
at the time was a senior vice president of Walt Disney. And then he had a similar path, um, which was really amazing where, you know, he, he got his first job in maintenance and planting flowers and picking up trash. But yeah. just like you said, then became the senior vice president, but um, just shows you that at all levels and just through hard work, through dedication and perseverance, worked his way up through the organization. And, and it shows you that it's not always education. It's not always, um, you know, that gift in life. Sometimes it's hard work and, and sweat equity. Sometimes we like to complicate what we do, I think, as we elevate through an organization. But ultimately, you know, we, we try to prescribe to this is that if you can hire people of high character, you know, you can teach all the other stuff. You can teach the X's and O's. You know, if you got the people that want to work hard, they're determined, they want to grow, the rest of that stuff tends to fall into place. Sometimes we, um, you know, we look too much at the resume and, and you know, look towards the competency aspect. But, you know, the character component something big in leadership, at least I believe. Yeah, I read a uh, quote the other day that said, talent sets the floor, your character sets your ceiling. You know, yeah. I thought that really resonated with, that's, that's, you know, that the talent, your talent can only get you so far, but uh, it's it's your character and everything else that will eventually define who we are and, and, and what our ceiling is. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I was reading, as I was reading through an article uh, talking about you and, and you, you made a quote, you said, I really believe that good leaders always see more in you than you see in yourself. And each one of you. So talking about you and people who believed in you and you mentioned the, the village and the village who got you where you are today. Talk a little bit about your support system and your overall village and anything about this quote. Yes, I actually wrote that in a blog post and it was the uh, weekend after that I was appointed city manager and it was um, an opportunity where I was sitting, you know, the, the mayor and council and the city manager sit up at a dais and you look out at the audience and it was the night that I was being appointed and I looked across that room and it was an emotional experience, you know, and you look through there and you see, you know, your pastor, you see a leadership group that you meet with every Tuesday, you see your, your mom and your dad that, you know, taught you so much about being a leader in a community. You look at, you know, your wife and kids and you look at those co-workers, the people that supported you, the people that you lead. Um, and I just think about and, and when I wrote that concept, you think about it like we are all a product of that village that raised us. It wasn't just, you know, a, a parent a set of parents that raised us. Um, you know, I grew up in this community and there are so many people that contributed uh, to my growth and my my life and my leadership. And and I'm just, you know. You're just in that moment when you look out there, you're just you're grateful that, you know, you're simply just a product of all those people that are so proud of you, you know, um, looking up there. It was just it was a special moment. And I really do believe that. I think leaders, great leaders are the ones that see more in you than you see in yourself. And, you know, you guys have coached and, you know, you've been coached. And I, I think back of those coaches that, that saw more in me than I saw in myself. And those are the ones that inspired me to do more and be more. And there's one, you know, I, I use Ryan as an example. He, he's probably one of the best I've ever seen as an athletic director about pouring into other people and always giving other people credit for everything. But you hit the nail on the head where, where there it comes his peers. Because sometimes when you're at the top, you, you don't get that. You don't get people telling you that, that you're doing a great job. So um, I know Ryan and I talk about it a bunch, but, you know, having that support from, you know, our pastoral leaders within our community and, and, and other peers that are leading those same positions just to give us that 
hey man, you're doing a great job. And, um, you know, because we spend so much time pouring into others to make sure that, you know, we are receiving that same, because I think every level of, of leadership needs that. It's not just the people underneath us, you know, every single layer, including ourselves, whether it's our spouse or our children, um, you know, just that gratification that, hey, you know, you are doing a good job. Yeah, I think so, like you just said, and, and so many so many times people are with you when things are good, but when things get a little rough, you find out a little bit more about people. And Andy's been that for me when, when things are we're struggling a little bit or Mike Lynch, a common friend of ours, and, and you just made some really good points, which kind of transitions uh, me to this. You know, you were 23 when you're Ackworth Parks and Rec director, you know, and that's uh, your, your celebrity in the, in the Ackworth community. And then you transition to city manager now and, and, and you're so humble about it. And, you know, Andy and I were talking about what a big deal that is. What did you have to overcome? You know, sometimes when you're young and you're in leadership, there's so many mistakes along the way. And sometimes it ruins careers. What did you have to overcome at that age to help build the culture to the entire, I mean, really the Ackworth community? Uh, what you have to overcome and, and how'd you do it? Yeah, you look back at, at the age of 23, and I think I had full confidence in myself at that time. And I look back, and I'm not not quite sure why they made that particular decision at that time. I'm not confident that I would make the same one uh, today. I think the first thing that I had to overcome was, you know, when you get there quick, right? Like when you get to a leadership position quick, and you're leading people that haven't gotten there yet, um, you definitely, your age certainly plays into uh, some of that as well in terms of, um, you know, the way people follow you. Um, but then I think about, I, I use this story a lot. There's a gentleman that uh, has played a big role in my life. His name's Eddie Cannon. And, and you, you know, you're part of professional organizations in the world you're in. And, and in ours at that time, it was the Georgia Recreation and Parks Association. And I'll never forget, you'd kind of be that guy that'd walk in the room and not everybody would, um, pour into you, invest in you. You were kind of the younger guy in the room. And I'll never forget, he was the guy that took me serious at a very young age. And that's something that really stuck with me and something I'm very intentional on when somebody uh, comes into my world that's younger, um, that's a, a leader. Uh, I, I remember how serious he took me and how much that meant to me at a young age. That's awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I had a situation, I, I laugh about it, but you talk about, you know, get into this and, and thinking you're that you're still young and um, I was uh, having to deal with a parent the other day and uh, the mom walks in and it was regarding her daughter and and she said uh, she gets in the room and, and she said you don't remember me do you and so I'm looking at her and I'm like studying her face and I'm like did we go to high school together did we go to college or you know did we work together and she said she goes you were my ninth grade health teacher. You know? so it, <laughs> it resonated That's that I've transformed yeah. now. I'm, I'm yeah. the old guy in the group and, and no longer the young guy. But um, so you have a, a, a blog out that's Leadership in Maine. So tell us a little about, about that. How'd that get started? Yeah, so one of my, I think you always want to grow as a leader. And one of the areas that I wanted to grow in was writing. And uh, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, a lot of time our attention can be directed to the national and the state level uh, for leadership, but I really do believe that the strongest leaders in this nation are found at the local level. And I think if, if you want to impact change, you want to um, improve your community, it happens at that local level. I'm simply a product of that. And I think it was a way for me to get on paper all the things that people have taught me over the years. 
I've also used it as something that I feel like I write letters to my children so that one day them or my grandchildren could look back and, and maybe be able to have some insight into who their dad or their grandfather was one day. Um, so really it's just, um, a weekly leadership message of something that just burdens me. It comes to my heart, you know, I'll sit down every Sunday evening and spend a few hours on it. And, uh, it could be something that I jotted down in Evernote earlier in the week when I was listening to somebody else talk or driving down the road and something popped in my head. Uh, but hopefully it's just a way to invest in others. Uh, because again, going back to the village concept, so many people invested in me, it's my opportunity. We all reach that point as a leader, kind of what you were saying is, you know, you, you get invested in for a long time and then you realize you get to that age where it's time for you to start pouring into other people. So it's been a really good journey um, in terms of that. So um, a lot of it is, is it is aimed at community leaders, educators, um, athletic directors, parks and recreation professionals, public servants, community pastors. Um, so hopefully, you know, it, it's pretty neat to see people subscribe to it from across the country or make comments on social media. It's, it's humbling to kind of be able to walk that journey. For any listeners listening, you know, obviously that, what a great example, same thing Ron and I are doing with, with doing this podcast and, you know, just, you know, being a continuous leader or, or not a continuous leader, a continuous learner yeah. our entire life. Um, so, you know, what other things do you do to involve your leadership and just to continue to grow as a leader, um, you know, as you go down this journey? Yes, I think for me, um, I like to read. Um, you know, I think time always uh, puts some constraints on our ability to read, but I think always having a podcast in the queue, uh, you know, with technology and vehicles now, it's a program where when I jump in the vehicle, it's, you know, you've got another one queuing up. Uh, I think podcasts are a really good way to do that, but I'm a big believer in the value of um, kind of lunch, coffee, and breakfast. And sometimes we don't look at it this way, but, you know, we pay 50 to to $100 to go to a four-hour leadership seminar, right? Like, I like to take people that are further ahead of me for a cup of coffee, lunch, or breakfast. And yeah, sometimes it's, you know, $25, $30 tab. But if you really think about that, you know, that's a great investment in your leadership is is something. So I, something like that. So I like to take that opportunity. I love to just sit down and, and you know, over a cup of coffee, just kind of pick somebody's brain that's further ahead of me or take the opportunity to invest in somebody else, but really just make a deposit in a relationship there. Yeah. Great advice. You know, I, I love, like you said, that's, that's one of my favorite things as well is to go out and, and drink coffee or have a bite to eat or do something. And it's one-on-one too. Like we're getting, we're getting all of uh, Mr. Albright today just to ourselves so, and, and spreading it. It's just, uh, it's amazing how many times we'll pay for different seminars and things when we have it right in our backyard and people are willing to help. You know, speaking on high achievers, I've, like like Andy pointed out, the leadership in Maine. You know, I, I'm amazed. I believe it's Monday mornings. I wake up early, and mm-hmm. there it is, right away. Like you're consistent. Are there always in, interested in high achievers? You got any routines or non-negotiables of, throughout your day that you kind of follow? Um, definitely, every morning I get up. Um, one of the things I try to do is, um, you know, read my Bible. Um, and uh, that's, that's the extent of my routine. I like to get into the office a little bit earlier before everybody else and try to get a, a plan for the day. But I think we know the further we go in leadership, typically our day can uh, get, um, get rolling differently than what we expected it to initially do, depending on 
uh, whether it's the crisis of the day or uh, what curveballs you've been throwing at that particular point. Something that uh, is important towards the end of my day, and this doesn't sound like a really good leadership attribute, but I try to get out of the office by five o'clock. I like to be home and have dinner with my family. Um, that doesn't always warrant itself, right. you know, if we got an evening meeting, but um, I'd much rather get in that office early and, and kind of attack the day and then and then shut it off and, and be with my family in the evening. Yeah, that's good. You know, and Ryan and I, we have a lot of conversations on that work-life balance. I was meeting with a coach today just about him having struggles at home with that work-life balance. And, you know, and it is, you, you know, I mean, you got to figure it out how to do both or you're going to get burnt out mm-hmm. um, and something's going to give, you know, whether it's in your professional life or whether it's in your, in your personal life. So I did read somewhere where you enjoy fishing, you know, and people who listen to this podcast, you know, we're all, are all high achievers, all, um, you know, have a hard time putting that computer down, turning that light off and, and going home, but it's so very important. But, you know, what would you say to your listeners about the importance of finding a hobby to help balance all this out, um, you know, for the longevity of their careers? I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, I'm uh, big on the, the disc uh, behavioral profile and knowing who I am and uh, solitude is how I gain energy. So, my ideal solitude is sitting waist deep in a trout river <laughs> fishing uh, with pure quiet, um, sitting around a campfire. Um, that's not the case for everybody. Uh, I like to, uh, once or twice a year, I like to get away on like a personal retreat. And my personal retreat is to be completely by myself. You know, I've, I've loaded up a backpack and sat down at the beach and went fishing for three days. I've sat in the mountains and sat by a fire and read books. Um, That's how I um, gain energy. It's not how everybody does it. You know, I have a friend, she just recently went on a a personal retreat. It was to Universal Studios. That's a lot more people than I would like to be around when I'm trying to chill out and relax. Um, But, you know, that particular person gains energy from being around people. Um, so I think, uh, the big thing is, is certainly having, uh, in my world, having a spouse that supports me and being able to just go away for a few days and be completely by myself and, uh, recharge. But, you know, I like to garden. Um, I like to coach, you know, those are all things that are my releases, uh, to get me outside of my world or the grind of the day to day of the job. So I think it's absolutely instrumental that leaders have something that they can do. Man, I think uh, Candy would love it if I told her I was going to leave for three days and <laughs> leave her alone. I'm, yeah, yeah that, that's really good. That's a, You know, and they always say that the most important thing leaders can do, one of them is to find time to think, and that's that's cool. You've, you've carved that out. You know, when you, you look at your day and you, you lay at night and you're, you're sitting there and it's been a been a long day, great day, whatever, what's a win for you when you're when you're sitting there and you're like evaluating your day a little bit or just going through it in your head? What, what would you say is a win? I think if I could walk away and say that I've bettered others in the world I live in, I feel like that that is a full day. Um, That's something that I'm incredibly grateful for. Not too many people get to, uh, on a daily basis, make decisions that impact the community that they grew up in, uh, the community they were educated in, uh, the community they're raising their family in, um, the community they build a career in. And I don't take that for granted. And uh, once you can kind of get the mind to shut off and you lay your head down, um, I think in the end, knowing that 
I was able to make a difference on the community that's done so much for me. That's, that's a win. That's so good. I think, uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up, this has been a win for us. We've gotten a lot better and we, we really appreciate you being on our show. And like you, like you said, you're, you're pouring into other people and hopefully, uh, well, I know I have faith that this message will go out to other people and, and what you've done in Ackworth, like you said, we talked before the show, I've, I've known you from afar. It's just been cool to, to look at you, your life and, and all the cool things you've done. So we're, we're very blessed to have you today. It means, means a lot to us. Andy, got anything else? No, I just greatly appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a busy evening, and so you can step away and, and go spend time with your family, which is ultra important. But um, it's an honor, and thank you for being here. All right, thank you for the opportunity. I've enjoyed it. Yes, sir. And we just want to remind our listeners to, uh, if you want to donate, don't forget to go to tinyurl.com slash worthitpodcast. That's tinyurl.com slash worthitpodcast. And we have more exciting news coming up about our golf tournament. And we just hope you got something out of it. And thank you for helping us chase our mission.